Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Mets is a remarkably great and noisy rock band, and their members, singer-guitarist Alex Edkins, bassist-singer Chris Slorach, and drummer Hayden Menzies, all currently reside in Toronto. The new Mets album is called Strange Peace. It's out in Canada via Royal Mountain Records and around the world via Sub Pop. Alex, Chris, and Hayden met with me recently to discuss each and every song on Strange Peace, which they recorded with Steve Albini at Electrical Audio in Chicago, Illinois. I called up Steve for his insights about the experience, too, so listen up for that as well. Sponsored by Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, Granddad's Donuts, and Hello Fresh Canada, this is Mets on the 351st episode of Creative Control with your host, me, Vishkana. Mets. It's very nice to have Mets back on the show. Alex, how's it going? Very well, thank you. It's nice to see you. Chris. Nice to see you. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. Very well. Hayden? Hi. 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 <laughs> it's nice to see you guys. Thank you for being here. Congratulations on your new record, Strange Peace. Thank you. Thank you. It's a beautiful one, and uh, I want to ask you, we're going to go through every song, which is exciting, but I want to ask you, oh, yikes. first of all, yeah, is this scary? Is that a scary exercise? No, no, it's not scary. It's, uh, it will be great. It's going to be good. It just, uh, it's always <laughs> going to be good. I just think, uh, you know, it's fresh. I think that could be it. Sometimes it takes a while to process a record, for nothing s- like, certainly for a listener. Nothing like talking about your, yeah. Yourself. personal songs Your over and feelings. over and over, yeah. Let's, let's talk about feelings. Yeah. I think it's important to talk about feelings. Yeah. Well, that's what music's for. Well, yes, that's, you, you put all your feelings into your songs. Mm-hmm. Right, right, I understand that. But I want to get to the behind-the-music aspect. You know, where did these songs come from? Mm-hmm. And I want to begin, actually, with the period after you were promoting your last record. Because I think that can that's obviously when your creative juices are going when you start to think about what you're going to do next. 
And from what I can tell, this is one of the most, if not the most, ambitious Mets record. There's lots of, for sure, lots of, uh, lots of things that I think are challenging yourselves, and I think will challenge some of your fans. Um, yep. Why don't we start with Chris? Actually, Chris, can you talk about uh, whether or not you guys had any conversations ahead of uh, the creation of these songs about what you wanted to do next in this band? I think uh, on the second record, we sort of felt like we had something to prove. Um, coming, like moving into that record, and whereas this one, it felt like the pressure was off. So, if anything, it actually seemed like this one was the most natural one to make of of the th- the three. It just sort of it came together. Alex would come in with a riff, and we would just start going with it. And yeah, the songs came together, and we actually went into the studio for the first time ever with way more songs, and actually ended up on the record. Recorded a ton of music, and then picked our favorites and sequenced the whole thing. Uh, the process for making it was actually maybe the most pleasant we've ever had, I think. When you say there was no pressure, this was because the first record, there was quite a blast of publicity. It was received very well. You put out the second one, and you're like, all right. I mean, how, how did you think the reception of the second record compared to the first, generally? You know, you're not the shiny new thing anymore, so it was a, yeah. little, a little bit more of a... You know, you, you you solidify your fan base a little bit, and you play to people, and you hope that people are enjoying the new music that you make, and people are always going to compare you to your first record. So I felt like with this one, we sort of, like, we didn't think about it as much. It was more like making the music for ourselves yeah. rather than making it for yeah. anybody else. N- number two was, yeah, we're really proud of it. it I think it's safe to say we were self-aware, um, and we, I think... We're a little nervous to stray too far of what had worked so well and which, um, what had, like, that's weird to admit, but I think in the back of our minds, it's true. You mm-hmm. know, I think mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, that went well, and that took us by surprise. So it was one of those things where well, let's make a new batch of songs and maybe not um, take all the chances that we really wanted to. On and, the second record. Yeah, and on yeah. this one, it was gloves off. Yeah. Like, it was just, we're going to do exactly what we feel like doing and what you get is, you know, a pretty diverse, strange, different thing. And it, you know, got us really excited. Was that approach that you're just describing, Alex? Was it uh, something you articulated? This idea of like, let's not uh, let's not blow our load on the second record. Let's, uh, <laughs> you know, let's just maintain the trajectory we were kind of on. No, no, we never kind of discussed that. I think it was just. Um, something that all three of us were feeling uh and it showed you know it showed in the mm-hmm. output mm-hmm. um but we did know uh, that on strange peace we had no interest in doing that again or, or even making something that could be considered in the same world you know one and two were sort of to me uh connected in a way yeah like, you know yeah uh, sonically and and the types of songs and we wanted to break tradition completely on this, like artwork, um, you know, production, songs, everything was new for didn't us. Didn't call it Mets 3. Yeah. Because we didn't think it was Mets 3. Yeah. Uh, I see. It was entirely new. So Mets 1 and 2, you felt were, conne- they were named as, well, Mets was, Mets was pretty, probably pretty easy to name. Mm-hmm. Self-titled debut, that should mm-hmm. make sense. But Mets 2, you really felt like. This is a continuation. Maybe not at the time. I think, like, in hindsight, it, fe- it feels more like a continuation. And the two, like, like it, we just, we didn't have, a, a, like, a, a name for that record. We weren't going to name it after a song. And it was, like, two just seemed to fit, and it looks cool. And 
Anyways, yeah. So when, when we were making this one, we were pretty dead set against calling it three. Sure. Because it didn't feel like Mets three. It felt like something new. Okay. Uh, Hayden, I want to ask you about the artwork. Uh, because Alex just alluded to the fact that uh, it was a bit of a departure, and I'm trying to make sense of it on my tiny little phone. Can you talk about the artwork for, uh, for Strange Peace? Because I know you've uh, had a hand in the artwork in the past. Did you have anything to do with this? Uh, not, no, not really. Oh, um, interesting. I was sort of a liaison of sorts between um, the art director at Sub Pop using different materials and different collages who we had reached out to uh, a local guy in Toronto named Jonathan Bowerell, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, mm -hmm. uh, who does really, really neat uh, collage art. And he his process is kind of neat. Like, he'll just... He finds old clippings of anything from war crime type stuff to vintage pornography and weird stuff. Obviously, we we told him to steer clear of You can't those. beat the vintage pornography. <laughs> no, it's... You want your pornography a little bit old. I think that's everyone. just the way it is. Yeah. That's the yeah. way it works for some people, right? Yeah. And okay. so he just, he takes these he uh, weird clips from all over the place and really distresses them and washes them out and stuff. Anyway, we, we, we'd never met the guy and we just, uh, we reached out to him and he was quite happy to, uh, to do a whole body of work and us just sort of pick from it. Oh. And so the the artwork here is a sort of conglomerate of a couple of his pieces and then we sort of tweaked certain things about it, but he was he was the the mastermind behind most of the the source of all the artwork. Am I was I accurate there by suggesting that you'd had a pretty heavy hand in the artwork in the past? Uh, not for cover, not, not for, for cover, cover album mostly uh, no, t-shirt design and things like that. From time to time, t-shirt stuff and. Aiden um, did the first three seven inches though. Oh, yeah, maybe that's yeah. that's maybe where that's stuck in my head. I'm the stuck in your seven inch past. <laughs> we'll the never first, not be uh, that. Bad. The first <laughs> no, two records, the first two records were actually um, photographs from Alex's dad. Oh right, okay. So he mm -hmm. he brought those to the table and they just fit really I see. easily. So it was a lot easier to get artwork done for those. But as a visual artist. Uh, I mean, did you, you say you were a li liaison. Did you have any input into what Jonathan was it? Mm -hmm. Did you have any input into what he did exactly? No, we kind of we when I, I mean we do have everything in this band is done very collectively, uh, and we just like just like the the music for the record, we sort of wanted to be. It sounds strange, but it'd be a little bit hands off and let things go mm -hmm. where they where they may. And so with Jonathan, we didn't want to give any direction other than don't do, you know, don't do these things because we know we won't like that. We don't want anything grotesque or any, you know, oh, right. things like that. Based but, on his previous work. Right. And by the way, people can find him on Instagram, it sounds like. A, yes. A yeah. good-looking dog? A good-looking dog. Okay. Yeah. A good-looking dog on Instagram. But so. we wanted to let him have free reign and, and do whatever he felt comfortable doing. And That's luckily, a new thing for us. That's yeah. fascinating. We're starting to... Uh, well, you know, we we self-analyze, like overthink everything. So th this record was, in a lot of ways, us trying not to do that. Interesting, yeah. letting go. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, when you you had also said earlier that uh, this was not a continuation of one and two in terms of production, who did you work with on this record? Uh, well, we went. We worked with Steve Albini. Did he record the record? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. How uh, did that go? It was a thrill. It was great. Yeah. Um, most Obviously, pro productive week of my life. Yeah, we spent. We were there five days, but we really recorded for four days, and we did fourteen songs. Or 
Yeah, was, 14 to 15 songs. Which is incredibly fast for us. We just did it live to tape off the floor, as you would with Steve. And he is a lovely guy. He is a total genius in his room. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the precision and the... the, the uh, Knowledge of his room and his equipment is pretty wild to witness. Did you use Studio A, B, which a. one? A. Nice. Yeah. Do you do you know I'm a fan of Steve Albini? He's been on the show. I a few assumed times. you're wearing a shellac. Shirt, I am actually today wearing my shellac <laughs> Lomo shirt that I got the last time I saw them in Buffalo. Uh, that's amazing. That's yeah. that's great. It was cool. That shirt looks brand new. Yeah, I haven't you, worn it before. Worn well, it. I I have a Lomo shirt, a shellac shirt I got in 1999 at a show they played in Vancouver. And the Lomo logo, which you can see on my chest, had a Canadian flag on it because they were their first ever Canadian shows. Oh, nice. And then I got that one. And then, uh, yeah, I got one last uh, October just before the election. I went down to Buffalo to see them and uh, saw Bob, saw Steve, said hi. We played a couple of festivals with them, actually, now that I think about it. I think they played at one of the uh, Primavera Sound stages a couple of years ago. And then we, if I'm not mistaken, and then we played a festival in France with them maybe two years ago. I enjoyed it. They seem to be part of a sort of a, a contemporary tradition of noisy rock bands where there's a seems to be not frivolity, but there seems to be kind of a, a sense of fun about what they're doing, despite that it's kind of abrasive and heavy sounding at times. One of the things that's so cool is that he's just all business. You know? Yes, he is. It was really there at 10 in the morning. We'd record until 10 p.m. See ya. Boom. And, you know, it's great. They were really well organized like relatively speaking it was clear that they like they weren't going to like pump the album out in one sitting they did a bunch of work back home after they left here with the basic session um but the considering that like you know when when that's the brief on a record normally the sessions are pretty poorly structured because that means that people aren't they don't have their shit together and they seem to have their shit together to a better degree than a lot of bands who do that sort of thing. Right. Like a, lo- a lot of bands that they come into the studio for this sort of preliminary stuff and then they take a session home and fiddle around with it at home. And the end result ends up sounding nothing like the performances from the studio. It ends up being, you know, showing an awful lot of uh, uh, a lot of the destructive effect of infinite power and infinite time um, in, in the sort of home studio environment and that I didn't get the impression that that was their like when I listened to the finished record it it sounds convincingly like it did when they left the studio so that's a means they had their aesthetic in 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 line when they came here rather than sort of fucking around endlessly at home at, you know in the set following on sessions yeah. the man never asked for more it's like never he, saw him eat a yeah, he, meal he like constantly looks up things about food <laughs> But you never see him eat anything. Like, he never eats. Well, yeah, I know he cooks uh, oh, yeah. very yeah. well. I don't eat during the day, typically. When I say during the day, I mean while I'm at work. I get up in the morning, I make breakfast for my wife, I come to work, I work, then I go home and I make a big meal and I eat with my wife and then I go to go to sleep. That's been my habit for better than 20 years. And I... I, if I eat during the day, I get lazy and sluggish, and I, that's bad for productivity. So I don't eat during the day. I know, or I'm, I, I presume, that it is unhealthy for me to, to live this way, but I have done it for so long that I'm just used to it. 
So I assume there's a, a the odd break during a, a 10 hour, 12 hour session. You don't have like an apple or something? No, I've I've learned not to. I learned the hard way not to break form. If I eat anything at all during the day, it slows me down and I get lazy. Very, very rarely when it's a very slow work day and I can be lazy and still get my job done, then I'll have lunch. But conventionally, I don't. But And, and within that, are you instead Googling pictures of food for some reason? Uh, I mean, I, I have a n normal interest in food. Like I, I cook for my wife and I we have a really productive garden. You know, I have a curing cellar where I make ham and bake hams and bacon and things like that. And I have a, a smoker where I smoke all manner of things. And I make a lot of pickles and can a lot of vegetables every summer. But so, I'm, I mean, I, I'm into food. It's not like I don't like food. It's just I just don't eat during the day. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. You know. <laughs> did you make the electrical audio facility is amazing. Did it's you, great. Did you yeah. stay there? We did. Yeah. yeah. Did it smell like cat pee? Didn't smell like cat. I don't think it smelled like cat pee. There were no cats there. <laughs> the last no. time I was there, it smelled a little bit like cat pee. Okay. I think uh, Steve's uh, primary home was under renovation, so he and right. the cats were all uh, there. And it, everyone I talked to was like, "Do you smell cat pee?" I'm like, "I'm not. I had a cat. He never peed in my house. I don't even know what I'm looking for. I don't smell anything that badly." But then. I bunk there, and I'm like, I kind of do. I, something smells weird. And they're like, that's the cat pee. You don't think it was in your head, though? It might have been. Yeah, psychosomatic cat someone pee. Someone put it into your brain that you were going to smell cat <laughs> yeah, pee. Yeah, yeah. Because I understand that cat pee is a terrible smell. It's an awful smell. Among the worst smells there are, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. I have two cats. You have two cats. I pee everywhere. Yeah, I miss my cat. This is this is just getting depressing now. But anyway, <laughs> that's great. I didn't realize that. Well, it's an amazing sounding record, and we're going to go through every song in it. And I want to ask about the inception, uh, musically, lyrically, intent, as best we can. I know uh, you are control freaks, but uh, and you don't maybe want to tell me these things. But I also feel like you're letting go. You're loosening up. We'll see what happens in this exercise. <laughs> we're going to begin with the very first song. It's called Mess of Wires. From my reading of the song, uh, this is about standing up for oneself on some level. Is that fair? That's fair, yeah. It was a bit of a... It was... I'm never trying to preach. I'm never trying to really say, I know this, I know that, or do this, do that. A lot of the times I find it's more like a uh, an exercise for me to... It's like my psychiatrist writing this stuff. A song is therapeutic music. for you. Totally, yeah. yeah. And so this was a, a bit of a reminder to um, 
if you feel something deeply, if you um, feel you should speak up and make your opinions make a sound heard, you should do so, and yeah. you shouldn't, uh, you know, mute yourself. I guess. And did you? Did, I know that you you guys live in a city that we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later in a, a song about a blank city known as Toronto, I believe. Mm-hmm. Are you of the opinion that something has occurred in this city in terms of a, a rise in consciousness among the arts community? Because I feel that, even externally, not living here, I feel like some marginalized voices uh, in the music community in particular are speaking out more, and that's having a, 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 a surprisingly positive effect on how everyone operates. Everyone seems to be more conscious of, of these issues, of the fact that there are people who don't have a voice. Alex, uh, is this a song that reflects anything about what's going on in your community, or is it I more about yourself? I don't think directly. It was. It was more. You know, it was more of a personal thing. But um, with all the songs, that the intent is that it will have different meanings to different people. Sure. So, I love the fact that um, it could possibly be taken that way. And obviously, I, I the message to me is that only positive things in the long run, can come from someone being honest with themselves and honest with others. Right, even if it's a hard truth. Yes, and even if you're unsure strange of yourself. peace, even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I might read too much into it. This is the, there's no peace, only violence. That I just, I see this word peace, and I think of the fact that you've called the record Strange Peace. Yeah, that, well, that title, um, to me, is that kind of uneasy feeling before the, the um, sea change, you know? Like the, so like the calm before the storm. Idea. Right. That's what that title means to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I think during the making of the record, it was, I felt impending, not necessarily doom, because there was a lot of great things coming. My son was about to be born. Yeah. And but then, hanging over all of it was you know uh, Trump mania. Right. The election. So, U.S. Yeah. election. So it was just this thing like things are going to change, and they're going to change in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that uh, it also made me think of uh, for any dads who are here of that strange piece when your children are asleep because <laughs> you finally have gotten them to sleep and uh at any point in my case anyway at any point they seem like they could wake up. And uh so and, and I also find uh, I don't know who every is everyone a dad here? No. Hayden is not two a dad. Two two or three. Do you find that uh you're a struggle to get your kids to sleep and you're just like you're going to go nuts and then when they're asleep you, you think uh, man I wish my kids were awake yep. I kind of miss them almost right now every single day you start watching weird? videos of them and you're like what's exactly. wrong with me yeah. <laughs> you were just like pulling your hair out to get them down and then they are down and you're like what are we doing what's the my point my wife's constantly like I want to wake them up yeah <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I put him down. I basically stare at my phone, look at pictures. Yeah, exactly. It's when, when's he going to get back up again? Very I want to hang out with that guy. <laughs> We've left Hayden out here. Hayden, do you have similar experiences with uh, any anyone where you're like, oh, I wish that that person was awake so that we could hang out? Chris, mostly. Never. I wish they would sleep forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Hayden, you uh, in a sense kind of start the song, as I recall. The drums kind of come roaring out of this one. Is that right? Maybe well, you and Steve, Steve actually. Oh, Steve's voice is in yeah, there. Yeah, which is kind of a little Easter cheeky uh, <laughs> for us. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's that your... was actually the last song we wrote oh. uh, for the record, and it was it was only like a few days before yeah, we a couple yeah. days before we left. Yeah, it was really we had like the skeletal parts of a, a riff or a song, 
and then just came together. So I think the, that's one of my favorites for partly because of that reason. And it was, um, you know, not to overthink it, which we constantly do, but it's uh, that was one of those things where we, it was a in practice for us to sort of relinquish any type of, uh, you know, microcosm, like really over overly analyzing every little thing. It's like sounds good, feels good. Let's yeah. just record it. That's, that's the first thing it. we recorded too. Yeah. It was yeah, it was one of the, we just got really excited about it the last couple of days before going into the studio. Last song written, first song recorded. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I think we did that the first night or something. Yeah. But yeah. It's uh, a, that's a good idea, I think, to write to to record the song you're the most excited about. The one sure. that feels like the most immediate to you, right? It had like a good energy about it when we were we started recording and it was just super exciting. Yeah. <clears throat> we were all pretty pumped up after the drive down to Chicago, stayed the night, then everything came together so quickly so we started recording it and it that song was I mean, barring a few like issues making sure your tones were correct, that one just came together super fast. Okay, cool. Chris, can you talk a little bit about what Alex was saying about uh the potential intent of the song. What's your perspective on what uh, is going on in the song? You have no opinion. I'm just. I'm gonna leave the song meetings to the guy who wrote the words. No, I, absolutely. But I also think I, I and I totally appreciate that because on some level, this. Do you guys ever talk about the songs? Do you ever talk about what's going on in a song? Once in a, you know, once in a while, when I'm tracking vocals, I'll be like blathering on, <laughs> trying. Yeah, and you know, sort of. It's talking into the air, but the guys are obviously there, and they're kind of like so. Yeah, I think I think the meanings are pretty understood by the time they're on wax. But you do talk about what's going on a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. just curious. Yeah, yeah. No, we have good communication. No, no, I I, I do. I have found uh, in this exercise when I'm talking to bands, like there's discovery in these conversations because sure. uh, in some cases people, do, you know, you're in a band, you don't want to talk about everything. Maybe you need some alone time on those trips. Uh, you know. Well, sometimes it feels like you have talked about everything, and and thus there's nothing left to talk about. Or like the songs <laughs> are a reflection of your conversations together. We're just we're we're there the whole time, right? Like, we, we hear those lyrics over and over and over again, and if there's something that we have a question about, we'll always ask. But yeah, what if he's singing about you and you're? I, I, don't you object? It's therapy, man. <laughs> it makes me feel better. It's all that matters. All the right. whole album's about Chris. Yeah. <laughs> strange, strange piece. Learning how to deal with me. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on? Yeah. From Mess of Wires to uh, a roaring song called "Drained Lake." but I highlighted it for myself. I heard the television say we're only born to melt away. Mm-hmm. What is that? <laughs> Where did that come from? A little from? bit of surrealist kind of, you know, end times thinking. But, hmm. but uh, just the grossness of the media and, and the, um, 
I think I was a little bit obsessed with how meaningless our time here really is, other than our relationships. You know, we make we make what our, our you know our enjoyment is solely based on like the the relationships we make and keep on this planet in yeah. this short time here. Yeah, and a lot of the time I was just like I found it invigorating and also like I found it like a, a positive thing to think you know like don't worry it's like this none of this really matters hmm. uh, other than the fact that you know um you've got the people you love um and the th- and you're doing the things you love you know it's it was a bit of a way to it's a bit of a that ignorance is bliss thing and and um i think once in a while i need to fall back on that and hmm. and i think that might be touching on that in a in a indirect way yeah you right here hold on to what you are mm-hmm. which i think is a that's a nice little mantra for yourself when you've lost yourself in i mean i feel like a lot of these songs have to do with technology in some ways like a, in terms modern of life yeah media a lot and, of media and overcoming stuff. it yeah, yeah like it's the most positive outlook for a mets record that that uh i can think of you know it's uh, it was not dwelling on the negative it mm. was it was trying to find a way to to overcome some of the the negative thinking that i can yeah get stuck on yeah, yeah. speaking of uh, dwelling on the negative hayden do you agree with alex that life might be meaningless no i'm just uh, kidding i'm twisting what he said i'm media <laughs> manipulating what he said but i couldn't you, agree more <laughs> do you do you uh, have any perspective on this notion of of losing yourself i think when you're in a band and you're traveling around the world you learn about things but you get a little disconnected from Maybe um, yeah, absolutely. Real life. It's uh, it's easy to get wrapped up in the immediacy of things, whether that's sheer enjoyment of what you're doing, or whether you're focusing on the immediate uh, lack of what you think may be more important that you have sort of forced yourself to leave behind, even even temporarily. But it's healthy to 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 take th- to take things. Uh, for face value and and not overthink them, and it's important to try and achieve some sort of, although sounding cliche, some sort of balance between the two. No, no, yeah, I think that's, that's a, big, a it's that's a, a problem, hearty exercise. Yeah, um, but it can definitely be achieved. You just have to, you just have to care enough to to at least want to try to do. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I, I have a thing, and we'll get to this. I think at one point, where uh, I'll think of something. And my first impulse is, where's my phone? I want to post about that thing I just thought. Mm-hmm. That's weird. It's that's really a weird, weird feeling to be like, that's just a thing you thought. Just and that's it. a that's new a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like we're all changing a lot. Yeah. Like the things we value and, and just or this how we, how we communicate. Yeah, how we another. communicate and what we want to communicate into the world. It's very strange. Chris, do you have anything you want to t- say about the production or any uh, recording um, highlights about uh, Drain Lake? Is would, would, does anything stick out or in your memory about making oh, the recording? Yeah, just the, making the making this song with Steve, uh, because we mentioned that uh, Mess of Wires was basically the first thing you did, right? Mm-hmm. Was Drain Lake? This uh, was close after. This yeah. was another kind of pretty. Oh, I mean, it's a basic song, you know, um, sort of A B A B kind of. We were, I think, influenced a little bit by Trans Am in that kind of mm-hmm. relentless um, tight rhythm and. Um, we knew we wanted to do a bit of like a trash hat thing that Albini immediately was like, oh, <clears throat> I think that was his term, trash hat. Yeah. What is a trash hat? That's the cha-cha. We were just like, we need to do a cha-cha on the on this rhythm. Um, bit of a cure type. Oh. You know, they do the little cymbals. Yes. Uh, like boys 
don't cry or whatever. Right. And uh, it was that kind of idea. Like instead of like a double snare or something, it's more of a it's like a percussive. Cha-cha. Oh, I see. And he was into that, Chris. Oh, yeah, he was into that for sure. <laughs> and he's like, I've got it. I've got exactly what you want. You know, and he found uh, that put, super fast. Put too. two yeah. symbols on top of each other upside down or something, and called it a trash hat. <laughs> sounded perfect. <laughs> I mean, you've worked uh, with uh, your friends in the past. Uh, what was was it intimidating at all, Chris, to work with someone of Steve's caliber and his knowledge? I didn't walk in feeling intimidated. Yeah, uh, I was cautious. I think because that there's few people that I can think of that have so many like good and bad stories told about them. Right. Um, so we didn't know what the the process was going to be like with him. Like if like was he going to be a dick? Like I don't know. But no, he yeah. he wasn't at all. He was super professional and really easy to work with. And everything kind of came together so quickly. It was kind of scary. Yeah, and I, it actually gave way more feedback than I thought he would because you know he's he hates the term producer. Producer. He's an engineer by trade, and which is cool because you know we're pretty close to the stuff and we don't like the idea of anyone messing with it. Yeah, sure. But it was really cool the amount of feedback he was given. He seemed involved and like actually Drain Lake, he was really into the uh I had this junky Japanese guitar called the Zenon and he was loving this kind of twangy tone mm. and um so he was like definitely stick with that and he got the trash hat going and <laughs> we did the synth bit Later in Toronto, oh, so I that see. came after. But that's you know that was a new thing for us too to try to um, do this warbly um, Moog thing, which was exciting. Did that with Graham. Yeah, so th- that's a de- that's a, that's a big departure for you. That's totally you won't replicate that live per se. Well, we just did a session at the CBC and Graham played it with us. Oh, okay. Yeah, but so live, it's going to be a guitar bit, right? Yeah. All right. Well, it's cool. And Drain Lake as a image is striking. What? Why drained lake in all mm. of this notion of uh, hanging on to yourself? Uh, I think I just like the image. The the I, it's kind of the idea of a of a shell of a human with everything taken out or something. There's water. There's just like a lot of watery stuff going on here. We're is gonna it? get to well later. There's sink, which is about an yeah. seems to be about that's o- more that's more uh, social media type. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that too. But I think you're obsessed with water. Are you thirsty? I might be. I'm so thirsty. Is that your water bottle? I don't. I think that was just sitting here before. No, we this came is in. mine. It's yours. Okay. <laughs> just don't want you to get sick. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're gonna move on to uh, cellophane.
one it, it touches back to the the title of the record a little bit and the hook being um, about this impending um, change coming and uh, kind of knowing what to put my focus on in life you know should I continue doing this thing I love um, or should I you know I've got a kid now should I um, change how I go about yeah. things um, I think it's stuff like that yeah and it and um, what I've learned through it is that um, if anything uh, having a kid sort of made me want to just do this even more and do it better and become better you know I think that's actually what it what it uh, seems to to do and makes you want to be a better person well uh, having a, a kid for me has also changed the way time works mm-hmm. uh, whereas uh, I, I try to be more efficient with my time because I have so little of it mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to capitalize on time constantly well, it was a big part of the day that I didn't know existed <laughs> That's like from 5 a.m. to noon. I was like, whoa. Yeah, so that's new. <laughs> so how are you adapting to the change? Because oh, a, a lot of this was written before you really were in the muck. Yes. Yeah, this was all me being freaked out um, about how it might play out or if I would be able to to be a good father. And um, So it's been fantastic. It's like, you know, absolutely changed my life for the better. Right. Yeah, it's incredible. I, my understanding is a lot of these songs come about with Alex bringing in, like, parts as well. It, uh, Hayden, was that the case with Cellophane? Or was this something you came up with completely together, or was that something he initiated? I, uh, I can't recall on that one. Uh, I mean, the the majority of this one was, was yeah, like, he would have uh, he would have bits that he would bring in, and sometimes more, more developed parts, like, uh, you know, skeleton of a, of a song, and we'd sort of hash it out. So it, it, yeah, it wasn't too much of a departure of how we've how we've written before. But yeah, I can't remember for this one specifically. How many you you had mentioned uh, earlier? One of you had that uh, you came in with way more songs than you have in the past in terms of what made it onto the record. Does anyone remember how many songs you actually ended up we had recording? Seventeen demos. We had seventeen right. songs. We threw like three of them away but I think we recorded 14 or 15 you threw songs. three of them away where are they are they well, in the, the garbage the, we're just actually I, we were just mixing one yesterday oh. so they're they're gonna no they're all songs we love but they didn't have a place on the record I see um, flow wise and all that sequencing and stuff so it just didn't and, and didn't feel maybe yeah didn't didn't feel right right but I think cellophane was pretty immediate one that one was like one that we pretty much jammed out pretty quickly um together and i don't think i had like a full demo of it or something it was more like an idea i think i had like the the the, you know the vocal bits and then we just kind of smashed it out and it it was like one of those songs where we're like, ooh, that's different, and that feels good, and that sort of like reminds me of the Trogs or something huh. in a way that we had never gone there before. And uh, getting back to like the theme is just like, do we like it? Yes. Okay, it's done. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like, no, like, do we do songs like that? It's, that's not something that we um, even think about anymore yeah it was exciting actually mm-hmm. when, when, when it was written it was like this has got like a big catchy chorus to it it's got a very traditional song structure it felt 
exciting to make it. Yeah, like were you conscious Big of guitar solo? Were you huge? Con- <laughs> <laughs> when you when were you conscious of as you were writing, as you were making the songs, as the recording was happening, Chris, were you conscious of this change? Were you conscious that oh my god, my the band is changing a little bit. It's shifting. We just weren't shying away from writing a certain way. You know, like when a, when a song sounded good, we were moving forward with it, like continuing to try and write that song into like you know making it a Met song. So I think everything still has that over overlying feel that we kind of put on it. But you know the the style of song was never considered too much in advance. You know, right? Just we're, sort of, we're not like heavy music purists. You know, we're, we're like we're into all, everything, and I think that starts to. See, shine through a little bit on this record that um, we're doing things that maybe people wouldn't think we would. Yeah, I, the, I think we it, love that. I of think stuff. of you as open-minded music people. Hayden, has there been an instance in the history of Mets where something has developed and someone says, I don't think that's a Mets song? Has that ever happened? Oh, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's happened. But the proof of, of the strength of a band and, and even just three individuals who happen to like each other is you... You try and give it the benefit of the doubt and at least see it through before yeah. you kibosh anything. And there's always, yeah, there, there. Are, I'm sure there have been several occasions where we've even written a full song and it's all it's all banged out and it's all, uh, um, you know, arranged a certain way and it just, for some reason, just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's not a Mets song. It just, uh, just doesn't, maybe we just don't like it. Right. So well, we've, it. we've also got, you know, very... It's weird to talk about ourselves in this way. It's kind of strange, but we've got distinct ways of playing our instruments. I think and, so, yeah. Uh, you know, really distinct. I mean, Hayden especially. I'd say, like, you know, that I know. I know I could, he's in I the room. I could hear him us. drumming, yeah. and I would know immediately that it was him. Yeah, and, no one drums like Hayden. I don't yeah. think he can hear me right now. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to. If he was here, he'd be embarrassed. But no one drums like Hayden. Uh, yeah, exactly. And nice. oh, he's right here. Hey, Hayden. I was talking about. Um, Hayden, the folk singer. Uh, that guy. No, I was talking about you. You're a fantastic drummer, and it comes through on every record. And, and it's, But it's it's a distinct style that uh, he's broken my heart on many time, uh, many occasions because I'll bring in this thing that I'm so excited about, and, and I mean this in a good way, but your style just completely doesn't jive with it. And we're like, well, you're the drummer of this band, so it's like <laughs> that is not going to work. And and you know sometimes right. I'm my I'm just like so sad. I'm just like oh my god, that's the best thing. Like you know I, I was just over the moon about it. But at the end of the day, you yeah, you, you, all of our styles dictate what what stays. And well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, one of the biggest frustrations I had about the reception to Mets too. And it, I see it all the time, not just about your band. It was this like, well, it just sounds like the first thing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's the same. Uh, this is my perspective it's the on same it. Band. It's the same band. It's the same three people. What were you expecting it to sound like? And and I didn't understand how. I think that's classic backlash behavior of like sure. we we got behind oh, totally. this thing and we loved it and now they're doing well. So we're gonna be like ah, it's this and. I didn't think that about that record. I love that record, and I and I did. Well, I'm sorry. I should say, sure, it sounded kind. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same guys. It's just they're better new songs. songs. Yes, yeah, different yeah. better songs. So I I just yeah, I find it frustrating when this happens to artists. But we can't. I mean, we've we've forced ourselves to not really pay attention to that kind of stuff sure. as much as we can because you you change too much and it's criticized. You don't change enough, and so you know. You can't win. Well, if anything, I, you just got to be the band that you are and make the music that you make and 
if you can ignore the critics, you're probably better off. I think the attention span of of people, I don't know about people, but critics is just it's minute. Like it's if you're not completely flipping your style up every album, they're going to be like it's not enough, prog- you know, evolution there. And they really, in my mind, it's like, shut up. Well, I think... Because, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. what are you talking about? I you know, we're many, writing new songs. Yeah, I think many critics are driven by the spirit of discovery, of being first, sure. of being behind something that uh, no one's heard of yet. So there's just an inherent backlash thing. There's a reflex, I think, among some critics of like... I know I was into that thing before, but I'm not going to get behind it again. Yeah, we're because not writing them for you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think when you talk about writing more for yourselves on this record, I think that's very healthy. It's nice to hear because yeah. uh, I can hear it too. And we're gonna. I think we should move on to the next song because sure. it's a clear example of something that I don't think has ever happened before on a Mutz re- a Mets record, or a Mutz record if <laughs> such a thing exists. The song I'm talking about is Caterpillar. Understanding is that Caterpillar was uh, a demo. Alex, is this uh, by by you, Alex? Is this just you? Yes. Yeah. In what is now my son's bedroom, uh, just recorded it. You know, it, it was the it was my studio. At one oh, point. I see. Now Sorry. it's not because he took it from me. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, he, he could probably hear this at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I'm not going to hold it against you. But um, how old's your son? One. One. Yeah. Any music exhibition yet? Any interest in music? Just banging on things. Banging on things. Yeah, they do that. I think that's just vandalism. I agree. Which a lot of music is too, frankly. Yeah. Fear vandalism. Yeah. No, this is a uh, this is Caterpillar, and it's I again. What happened, Chris Hayden? You're not on this. Ra- you're not on this song, right? There was a decision made that I slept in. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a Had collective a decision that not much could be done? Honestly, that that one when when it came in. The the demos we were all really into the the demo and as like the just sort of the two guitars playing off of each other and we tried to put it together as a band. I think it'll work live as a band, but the recording just sounded way better with just guitar and vocals. There was no egos involved. Nobody was like, "Well, I'm not playing on this. What's the deal?" It was very much like that song's done. Why would we do anything to it? That's fascinating, though. I mean, did you not present Alex? Would you not present songs like this to the like in, in a demo form? In this other one cases, was a little bit more. Um, they're usually written in a way that is like bass and drums are involved in the demos in like a drum machine way or a, you know something. But this was just didn't know where it would fit. But we were all excited about it as being something that could really add a breather to an album and add some atmosphere. And I think it definitely does that. Palette cleanser there, you know. Is it about uh, being in a bar? 
No, it's it's uh, it's actually about someone being born and then being on Earth and never getting to see their full potential, basically. Oh. Not becoming, not flourishing. Oh. Mm-hmm. They're just never a butterfly. They're That's always right. a caterpillar. That's right. I get it. Okay. That's fascinating. Crawling around. And and so that's just the way the way it ended up. And uh, I don't know if there's much more to say about it. It's just fascinating. Hayden, like, is there a way this song could be performed live with yeah, the band? Yeah, like, like Chris was saying, we, we definitely, we kind of enjoy the, the challenge of reinventing slightly each song uh, to play it live. Yeah. So, I mean, the structures won't change and, and stuff, but there are, there are things that we can put into practice in a live setting that will alter the way we've we've played it on on the record but that's kind of that's kind of fun no of course but this is total this if you're all are you all playing on this song live obviously yeah, when yeah. you do it have yeah. you practiced it and everything's yeah. like okay we might yeah flip it around big time and put a huge kind of what june of 44 type big big beat on it for real oh, i'm not okay. joking no, yeah it was, it was did you, did to you flip it did but. you try to make a band version of this I think we we did it after the fact, after it was done. Like we've been, we never tried to record something. We, we never, never tried, tried to, to record, record it. it. No. Okay. So but I think we tried messing around with 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 drums and and bass and stuff in the the practice space, but it it just kind of ruined it. This is like a Nebraska moment. <laughs> you know when Bruce brought Nebraska to the E Street Band. I'm not saying you're like Bruce, and they were like uh, everyone was like, no, this the demo, the four track is better than anything right, we can right, do right. to those songs. I just read his book, but. About yeah, yeah, that's a that's that. So this reminds me of Nebraska. Oh, great! Yeah, well, that's is, that's what it's supposed to remind you of. I think. <laughs> Nebraska reminds our friend of Clickatawi. So you know. Okay, there you go. There you go. We were listening to Nebraska in the van one time, and he just barks out of the back. He's like, "Is this Clickatawi?" It's like, "No, it's Nebraska." That's funny. And you probably know him, Mike Catano. Oh yeah, I know Mike. Yeah. This reminds me of the time I took my friend Corey. You remember when they reissued all the Star Wars movies like 20 years ago, whatever it was? Yeah. Like they just, and George Lucas put all that stupid stuff in mm-hmm. it. Anyway, my friend Corey had never seen a single Star Wars movie. And I took him to see the first one. And as the scroll, the title scroll is coming up, he starts giggling. I went, Why are you laughing? And he was like, It's just like Spaceballs. Oh my gosh. Oh, man. He That's had never brutal. seen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there you go. That's Solid flick, though. Kind of a yeah. Spaceballs is fantastic. <clears throat> Absolutely. Props to Mel Brooks. Let's move on. Let's move on to Lost in the Blank City. in Toronto how long? Uh, probably about 12 years or something by now. Do you like it? Most of the time, yeah. What don't you like about it? It's nothing specific to, to Toronto. I think I just... Uh, I like change now and then, but yeah. but I'm too lazy to do it, so it's... I don't... It's, it's self-hatred, really. 
<laughs> Toronto makes you hate yourself yes. in some ways. Okay. But every city would have been. Sure, yeah. Just restlessness, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Chris, same questions. Toronto? I've been here my, pretty much my whole life. And so it's part of you. Yeah. Huge part of you. I like to get away from it, but uh, it always feels like home to me. Okay. That's fair. It's, I always come back to it, and it's familiar and uh, like a blanket or something, you know? Are you Linus? You yeah, need, I'm Toronto Linus. is your Toronto is blanket? Toronto is my okay. blanket, yeah. Okay. I'm Pigpen, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, tell me about Lost in the Lang City. What inspired this one? Mm, well, it's, it is that love-hate thing for this city. I, I uh, absolutely love Toronto. You're from Ottawa? I'm originally from Ottawa. I mean, I, I moved around a lot, but um, most, yeah, grew up in Ottawa and then have been here, I don't know. Yeah, like Hayden said, about 12, we like kind yeah, of moved down from, together in yeah, a way. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I love it for its arts community, its music, its um, multiculturalism, and uh, and the fact that it allowed for this band to exist, and it supported this band, and it, um, you know, we wouldn't be talking to you if not for this city. Um, no, that's not true. If you, uh, well, lived, if you lived in Guelph, we'd definitely be talking. <laughs> yeah, that's where I came about from. About the coffee, about like, the... we're drinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then at the same time, it's an uh, unforgiving, uh, hellish place at times, and it can be super um, heavy. Is that a lot to do with the humanity or the politics? The or lack of humanity. The lack of humanity <laughs> among the human population? Well, I think it there's this certain um there's this need to succeed here in order to pay your rent or something. I feel like it's a rat race. Hmm. And uh and sometimes people can be oh, that's my stomach rumbling. That was mine. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We did both at the same time, both, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Our cycles are connected. Yeah. <laughs> Our hunger cycles. Yeah. I uh, feel like it can be a, a tough city at times. People can can be really focused on doing their thing and, and not not worry about the person next to them. But that's the, okay, so that's the, again, that's a humanity thing. That's mm-hmm. just the crush of human beings you have to deal with mm-hmm. when you live in a big and city. And I think I'm a, maybe I'm a softie, you know. It just kind of, that that can... Way heavily on me and kind of depress me at times. But the, the, what I took from it a little bit anyway is the fact that it's harder and harder to live here now. Like, uh, particularly sure. if you don't make a certain amount of money and can afford to actually exist in I the space. I think it's getting close to pushing the uh, musicians and artists out. And that's, 
uh, close really, isn't it already happening maybe it's happening right. i mean it's i guess totally happening. yeah it's already happening. that's an incredibly hamilton, sad thing hamilton is uh claiming a lot of toronto sure. artists there's been a bunch of news articles about that and and i've been hearing that for 10 15 years i feel like it's yeah a lot okay. of people are apparently that's becoming un- like yes affordable of as course well, you know what's well, next like uh 40 or yeah. Everybody's going to move to Niagara or something? Yeah, I don't. Guelph. Have you. Guelph is also Guelph a hard not, market. Not cheap. It's very expensive. <laughs> I almost moved to Guelph actually like a year ago. And then, really? Yeah. Uh, when we were preparing for my son, we started looking at places in Guelph. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, Did you ask me? You didn't ask me any questions. No. Didn't ask anybody anything. No. Okay. You just looked <laughs> just around. Just looking around. It's <laughs> also, uh, it's hard. Like we have a two bedroom. We're trying to figure out what our next movie is with two kids. Yeah. You know, it's, it's difficult. Sure. Uh, there wasn't a, you searched, there was no Nando's and it was like, for yeah, you. I was like, <laughs> I can't get that spicy chicken. I'm not going there. Yeah. I like coming to Toronto to eat, I will say, but uh, Guelph has some nice places to eat as well. Uh, yeah. So you've. Okay, so you looked at listings. Uh, Alex Hayden, have you thought about leaving? It definitely, I mean, it crosses my mind from a lot. Even just now, I'm thinking about it. Well, there's a reason, <laughs> there's a reason you're thinking about it now, and that's because I brought it up. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's tempting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a romanticism with sort of escaping um, a certain scenario and thinking that, that things will change entirely but i think uh certain things follow you regardless so if you're speaking you know uh definitively about just rent costs and and things like that yeah that that gets really frustrating um but it also i i do think it makes me feel fortunate and privileged to be able to do this band as much as we do and and that sort of adds fuel to the fire to prove that we deserve to be able to do it, you know what I mean, to this capacity. So that's why we do more and more and more. And, and I don't know. I mean, there there will come a day when I can't afford to or I can't afford not, not to, leave. to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've been hearing uh, a musician, a well-established musician the other day, told me that uh, he's thinking of becoming a fireman. He's 50. And uh, he plays in a band we all know and love. And uh, he's like, yeah, I just need the income. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I know who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to out him in case it doesn't work, happen, but he's working on it. And, five band name is Five Letters, right? Uh, you're making me do some math? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes. Very yeah. well-established band. Uh, put Halifax on the map. Yes, yeah. We're just giving away too many clues. But anyway, yeah, there is this. Uh, <laughs> there is no this. way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there is this uh, crush now that people are, particularly artists are feeling. And uh, do you feel like the city could be doing, and there's also like venues shutting down. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, maybe, am I reading too much into where you're going with this song? No, I mean, I like that. That's what I was getting at. I love that, that you can take something else from it it's it, you know metaphorically it's the idea of the city at night it's the city after everyone's all the hustle and bustle is uh is is gone right and that's sort of like when uh this was written okay or, you know that's the picture the down the downtime yeah the, when you learned about 5 a.m that's right <laughs> <laughs> well i just uh, you know i'm i'm happy to hear you talking about this city, uh, Toronto, because uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are now talking about this as an issue, and uh, it's, it's hard to miss. It's it affects you know everyone here. What about this notion of a blank city, though? What does that mean? 
to you. That's the idea of it being empty and still at night. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's really it. Okay. You know, it's it's that that um, juxtaposition between the, the craziness. Okay. Yeah. All right, are we good to move on to the next song? For sure, please. Mr. Plague, <laughs> which has like a kind of like a no means no title, I think. It reminds oh. me of no means no. <laughs> Mr. Happy? They have like these, right. like, they have these guys. Uh, Mr. Plague. I believe may have been influenced by Donald Trump and other such. Yeah, this types. one you know is is basically a rager, and it's it, it you're, it's not a hundred percent pointed at that man, but but men of his type hmm. um, who abuse their power and their privilege, and uh, I think who for some twisted reason. Uh, are held up to be role models in our society, and I just—that's kind of what it's about—is how how sick is that? That, right. that that you know, there's certain people who think you know look up to him as someone for their children to be, uh, to aspire you know aspire to. It just makes me ill. Yeah, he's given <laughs> those types of people more of a voice, and, and we're talking about people like this on a constant uh, basis now. Chris, you are have been in your life, in your working life, ensconced in the music industry here in this country. Yes. Do you come across people like Mr. Plague? Uh, did you come across people like Mr. Plague? Or do you still? I guess you're a band. You're dealing with different a lot, people. A lot less frequently. A lot less frequently. Now. Now yeah. that I'm not working in music. Oh. <laughs> now that I'm just playing music. It's, uh, so it was there. It's Yeah, yeah. It's, this is a much more comfortable side of the music to be on. I think. Just playing. Yeah. Well, your jobs have included like managing bands, tour managing. Uh, yeah, I worked at a record label. Right. I did. I was a, you know, I promoting was fun actually. I did. I'd put on shows for a really long time. You meet a lot of really great people, and you're on the. I think you're on the right side of things. But working in the Canadian music industry was a little uh, destructive to my soul. Can you? No, I can't. You don't want to. You don't <laughs> want to reveal anything. I, I don't anymore. really want. I don't want to talk. Uh, trash on on anything. No, no, you know, I have a lot fine. of good experiences I brought from that, but I had a lot of bad ones as you well. You did have some bad ones, but that's true yeah. of most jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, but you did come across people like the ones Alex was oh, just I, describing. I, I think so. I think there's just a people lot of in that power. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Hayden, what about you in your work? Because you're also a visual artist, right? Do you make a living doing that? Like, do you? No, God, no. Oh, no. but that is something you're interested in. Yeah, I've, I've done that. For years, probably probably longer than than I've played drums. But do you do, have you dealt with shady characters in that realm as much? Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone that would hold a candle to that type of malice that you know that someone like Trump would yeah would Trump. Uh, but um, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's jerks everywhere. Yeah, I suppose there are. Is there anything that anyone wants to say about this song musically, in terms of? Uh, 
stuff that's going on. It really hurts my hand to play it. It was yeah, that's a tough one for Chris. I did when I was <laughs> listening to your new record. I did. There was the for the first time. I was like, guys, these guys, this, this guy, these guys must get tired. Like some of the songs, I was like, oh, I, I just, I, you know, I, I have dabbled in playing music, and I, I was like, oh. dabbled. Give me a break. Well, I've played a lot of music, but I still feel like you know. I just was driving today, thinking, man, this must be exhausting to be in this band it, sometimes. Yeah, it can it's be. Like the best kind of exhaustion, though. Yeah, like, like playing these songs is super fun. Yeah, no, no, playing, no, no. playing music that's <laughs> got like uh, a lot of energy is fun. But yeah, but you notice, right? There's stuff. slow songs. Yeah, so we're gonna that's get to the one. whole yeah. damn point. We're gonna. This is more dynamic it's for you. Slow, totally. man. Yeah, and, and getting old and, and get old and soft. That's right. That's right. Soft everywhere. All right, we are going to move on to one of the most uh, interesting uh, songs sonically that I've heard Metz do. It's called Sync. to this earlier um, in terms of the intent behind it uh, you've used an overflowing sync Alex I think as a as a metaphor for social media yeah and and the internet can you expand upon it a little bit yeah it's just our, about my and our obsession with uh, creating this um, persona recreating ourselves online I think I think I see it a lot and I and I feel the urge to do it I'm, I'm trying very hard to disconnect um, and it's a good time to do that when your album's coming out too <laughs> <laughs> you've done um, very good I've done well so far but we'll, I have uh, noticed you not because uh, there was a time and I wondered if you were mad at me because there was a time <laughs> Where I'd be like, oh, Alex liked the thing I did. or And see, I'm doing it now. See? I You're need to disconnect. This, yeah, yeah, I am. I totally. But that, what? I, I, it's hard not to. Oh, totally. And and, the, and I, I'm not immune to it at all. Right. It's that whole idea of like, did anyone like my YouTube post? <laughs> I only of that, got 52 of, likes. Of yeah. that obscure psychedelic song <laughs> that I dug up. And, uh, you know, and what does that say about me? And what does it say about... Uh, so that's the idea. That it's just like that obsession. And I, I the, watch and you follow it. Yeah, I the, watch you follow it to the ground. I watch you follow it all around. You use the notion of following, which is a big social media. That thing. wasn't intended. That those that wasn't intended to be so direct. But yeah, I'm sorry. Am I blowing your mind a little bit? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Like when you think about the language we use, you know, following. Mm-hmm. Seems really weird. Mm-hmm. It just it's a weird connotation. Like, oh, am I the leader of this? Is everyone the leader of this? Mm-hmm. Are we all sheep somehow? What happened? You know, I think it's connected to that, but maybe we're going in a direction where real person-to-person communication is becoming less of a thing, and the way we value ourselves is now dictated by 
our online friends and our I'm trying to think of like the younger generations like the, and how they uh, most depressing thing I've ever heard some, in my life. Someone told me this, this, this line of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like the someone idea told that me, like, your uh, online personality is who you are. Who was it? Sucks. It was Mike. Mike Wallace was like a, had a, a little brother who I think Mike. Yeah, Mike was like, "Hey man, what are you doing tonight? You know, you're gonna go out and hang out with his friends." He's like, "Well, I am right now." On his computer, and he was chatting with like five different people, right. and and I find that fascinating. And and he was like, "Well, well, go meet them. Like, go go hang out and meet them." He's like, "Why would I do that?" Yeah, but okay. So <laughs> I, I'm. Talk- and it's really a thing that's become yeah. alien. It's like why the, I'd have to get on a bus. Like, what good can come from that when right. I can do this? And I think maybe I'm just sounding old and old fashioned, but I'm gonna miss out on a lot of stuff. For for one, like. Going to a, a cool show and having your mind blown, right? And and feeling that that connection in a room, like that's what that did it for me when I was that age. So these online, uh, they are personas to an extent, but ideally they are just an extension of you. Mm-hmm. It's like your uh, avatar or something like that, right? Know? But it is for the most part. I mean, some people put on. I'm going to be the snarky, sarcastic person on the internet, or I'm, and that's just a thing. I'm just trolling people a little bit. But some people are just like, here's a thing I think. Yep. Uh, here's yeah. a thing I uh, took a photo of, and this is just something I experienced, and I'm just giving it to you. And I think that it's obviously there's a lot of pros to it, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, but, um, my opinion is the tendency to skew reality is just too, it happens too often, and I think it's too tempting. Yeah, even you know, just to to curate your own existence in a way that isn't exactly real. I see. Hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and I mean, you guys are a, a public band. You're a band out there. Do you? It's the you, part I I hate the most about being in a band <laughs> is this notion of having to have an image. This notion that like, uh, oh, j- just even like if you. In a local paper, you know, if there's a photo of you in a local paper, oh, it just makes my skin crawl. Yeah, you don't seem like a type of person or the type of band that really wants to be a, you know, have, fall into the cult of personality about yourselves. It well, seems like quite the opposite. Yeah, I think I think uh, we certainly haven't perpetuated that, but maybe that's because there's nothing to push. You know, we we don't have any thing to push on people that is interesting beyond your music beyond our music yeah you Which know is I, a, we're three pretty normal guys yeah. and it's like and we usually bite our tongue be, before saying something um you know racy or edgy <laughs> that's gonna get you a headline you <laughs> yeah know, like yeah we've been prompted by british tabloids all the uh, not tabloids but music rags you know they're tabloids yeah <laughs> hey what do you think about this person it's pretty Crap, eh? And we'll be like, no con, you know. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. just want to get that. Please. They want to get right. that soundbite. They want to, and um, yeah. But that's we stuff, usually don't fall victim to that. But supposed to benefit you by, uh, you oh know, yeah, having like a anything you say will be it's on record and it'll be twisted and turned to to make. Well, I noticed you bristled that when I even just asked you for uh, Canadian music stories basically it's not what we want to be known for no absolutely yeah. it's just and, not really worth talking about uh, no I, I know think. and it's fair I'm sorry I brought it up Jesus okay. <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> but a lot of people jump about the, at that because that's how you get I know it's sick you, yeah it's gross think yeah. for all like the negative interactions that you have you've probably had just the same amount of positive ones that you're just not paying any attention no to. no I mean in the context of a song Mr. Plague that's the only reason I so yeah, no, I'm defending I myself but I just no, I, uh, I do think that asking you about 
what's going on in your songs is a bit different than um, you know when I talked to Bad Bad Not Good I was we did a similar thing recently where we went through their record and beforehand Alex from the band was like I was explaining what I wanted to do and he's like as long as you don't ask us about Tyler the creator I'm cool and I'm like do people still ask you because they you know that was kind of a thing that happened for them and I'm like people still ask you about that he's like yeah and it's incredibly insane how awkward it is because they're like what's he really like and mm-hmm. he's a guy. Like, what am I supposed to yeah. say to that? Mm-hmm. He had positive interactions with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> One of the dudes from Odd Future threw an orange at my head. That was <laughs> oh, at like a festival or something. Yeah, they were. We all we were sharing a back like a backstage area with them, and there was a ping pong table and stuff. And I was playing ping pong against like uh, Haji beats or something oh, yeah. like that. And. This I was I think I was beating him for the first time, and all of a sudden one of their their dudes threw an orange at my head to get me to. All stop right, I have my <laughs> I have my headline done. Uh, we can move on. I, I think, like those uh, dudes. Though. They are funny. They are. You should talk well, to Steve Albini about uh, his experience riding in a van with uh, Odd Future. Oh uh, boy! You know I think he actually told us about uh, yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story that made the news. Actually, Tyler attacking Steve is who's That's this right. old man? That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Speaking of Odd Future, let's move on to the next. Next song, Common Trash. I made a note here. Fugazi guitar solo. I made a note beside this song because this solo <laughs> reminded me of something off of uh, oh. off of the argument. Go on. I don't know. I just something about the guitar approach there reminded me of something Guy might have done. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, probably not in your head at all, but that's nope. just a note I made. Yeah, I'm we, a f- don't, we don't like that band. You don't like that band? <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> that's like I mean, I wish. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we sound anything like them, that's for sure. But There's a song called uh, Full Disclosure. I, I want you to go listen to that. Okay. I think that's the one that popped into my head when I thought of your guitar solo. This is a song about galvanization. Uh, I think yeah. it's also a song a little bit about cynicism. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Somehow it's about you both those it. things. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. What, what is the song we're talking about? Well, um, were we talking about cellophane? The... I mean, it's this oh, yeah. idea of, uh, you know, worry less, Alex, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, just chill out, Alex. Yeah. Um, but it's also this idea that uh, uh, I think our. Our similarities as a race, a human race, are are um, more than our, uh, you know, differences. And yeah. we need to yeah. basically accept the fact that we're all the same. That's an and important we have this, message. We have similar days. struggles, and 
you know, knock it off, and we're all we're all that thing. Yeah, this is an important message these days, I think, because uh, what has happened, I think, to the to a progressive movement where it felt like we were all at a point finally where like we are all the same. You know, these countries, these borders, all these things that divide us are just stupid things. Yeah. But we're all ultimately human beings. And that has somehow, obviously, I think, because of the dominance of the uh, discourse about American politics and the fact that we're giving so much credence to everything every asshole is saying, we've lost that again. We've lost that. That whole progression seems to have erased itself. And I think a song like this is important for that reason, this notion that we are all the same. Have yeah, you f- it yeah. seems like it should be a given, you know. Uh, it is to us, but I think you see thing, yeah, recent things in the news and uh, just this, this like push towards hatred and things like that is very disturbing and seems so idiotic. Yeah. I don't know if this is too big a question. You're Canadians who travel the world uh, playing music. Do you feel different when you're in a different country? Like, do you feel... Are you at a point, because you've, you've been visiting the same countries for a long time now, together. Do you feel that kind of alienation when you're traveling as much? Uh, maybe not. I think I think for the longest time, a lot of people just assume we're an American band. And mm. then you go places and people are kind of... <laughs> they're cold to Americans, you know? Yes. It's, there's a real, like... There's is, that, a, is that a fact, actually? Oh, it, you're Canadian? Okay, come have a beer with us. It is, actually. What? <laughs> it's surprisingly true, you know? Like, Canada is known as a peaceful country with, you know, and America is not. Right. And it's so, yeah, you can diffuse a lot of people by being Canadian. Really? So you make a point of, what do you do? Well, you, we don't make a point of doing that, that at all. That, that yep. flag on the backpack. <laughs> do you no, do that? No. <laughs> I've heard of that. <laughs> no, but I, I, do, I do find like there is like a, there's a different attitude towards someone who's Canadian versus an American. Yeah. You know, we tour with a lot of American bands, and I, I actually, as far as people go, the people that we associate with and that we're friendly with, I don't find them to be any different than us. They just live on in a different country. Right, okay. But, uh, but yeah, you know, that's kind of like a, a weird... A weird thing. Well, I highlighted a, a lyric fragment here. I believe it's the last couple lines, um, which might speak to what Alex was saying earlier about letting go of life a little bit, like just letting go and accepting life for what it is. Your image fades more every passing day. We disintegrate until there's nothing left to love. This kind of sense that we're here for a finite amount of time, maybe. Is mm-hmm. that where you're coming from? Yeah. And that we have to make the most of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's my age or something like that but I've just been thinking about it a lot um yeah like this you (laughs) I don't I'm not a religious person uh so really it's just what we have here is everything and and don't blow it and so stay you know stay true to who you are do what you can and what and what you want and what you love and be good to people that's you know that's that's where i'm at with most of these songs in a way i think one of the reasons um <clears throat> i related to you guys uh over the years as people is that i, I am also a control freak and i can sense that notion of we want to control this thing that we made uh, it's all you, you got i it mean is- it's all we have it's like when someone's like we want to use this in this way or it's like it's like if we give up that 
then we have nothing. Well, they, they have to mix this song for radio. It's yeah. Like, don't think so, buddy. Yeah. Well, the, oh, yeah. the other side of it, though, is, and again, uh, I don't know about you in terms of fatherhood, being a parent, because at one point, at one, on one level, you need to protect your children more than you, you protect anything else. On another, you kind of have to let go. If you start worrying too much, no one's going to be happy. You know, if you start micromanaging these lives. Uh, so I've actually... Weirdly, since becoming a dad, I've let go a lot more. I've let, I've, I'm just going with the flow. The notion of, we're going to leave at 3 p.m. out the window. Because mm-hmm. by 2.30, I'm like, oh, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we go to the lake, you got your floaties on, go in the lake. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Like safety and time and all these things are wrapped around my head. And if you don't let go of it, uh, you'll go insane. And so I don't know if that has played a role. I think it, yeah, it's been necessary to do that. Yeah. yeah or else you just start, every little thing's going to bog you down. It's funny how parents, well, it's not funny. I guess it's probably pretty natural. Being a parent or, or taking care of someone can change your whole philosophy on life, you know? Mm-hmm. Being connected the, I mean, to these relate to, I think, to myself before a parent, being a parent as well. You oh. Know, it was just, I still had those 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 feelings of just like everything felt like a weight a ton and uh you just kind of gotta zoom out a bit and take stock and just be like what are you you know what are you doing yeah yeah (laughs) like there's it's unnecessary yeah um but it's good making a big deal out of nothing it was what i used to always do and I still do once in a while, but I'm trying to work on it. Yeah, that's good. I think it's good to be self-aware about these things. It's the, it's the only way we improve, yeah. frankly. We're going to move on. We're moving on to a very short song. It's a, I believe it's a fragment of another uh, larger piece. It's called Escalator Teeth. Yes. this come from and why is it so so short Hayden do you, can you tell me why it's so short because we chopped it there was a it, there's a whole other song behind that there is yeah which we'll we'll probably release or do something with once we learn how to play it again but uh, super limited picture disc yeah. <laughs> it's my dad's favorite <laughs> Mets song actually because it's so so short no he likes the full version Oh, you've heard the full version, or he's. I heard have the full heard the full version. You, you've heard the full yeah. version. There is you recorded a full you version. Showed it before the damn record came out. <laughs> it's like that Lars thing. We got to show your dad. <laughs> like, Start again. <laughs> I don't hear any ideas here. Yeah, yeah, that thing. Yeah. Uh, he no. Was right. What? Uh, what is the is the whole thing a lumbering thing? Is it a long thing? No, it's not that it was long. It's I think that that. I'm actually not going to comment on this because we re- we, we yeah. really tried to focus on the album as a whole, and this was one of the things where we, at that juncture, at that at that spot on the album, it just felt wrong. Mm. Um, for it was I think it's four minutes or something yeah, like it's that. Four minutes, and uh, it felt great when it started, and then when it it just didn't it didn't belong there. So yeah. we decided to do a little guided by voices, uh, you know, segment. Snip. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and so to just maybe keep people on their toes or something. I know for us, it's uh, 
it's an exciting thing. But it is the basically the intro to a bigger song. So when, if and when the bigger song appears, this will be part of that song. Again, yeah, this is the beginning. Yeah, that's just just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is there anything you want to say about the imagery here? It's just four lines. It's uh, yeah, it's just four lines. Well, I'll say that the hook of the bigger song is it, it, it's on and on and on. That's the lyric. So it's about repetition. It's about monotony. In what capacity, in though? In our lives. Just lo- yeah. the fact that every day we get up and do the yeah. same things. Yeah. That kind of like a very basic, small kind of idea. In a positive way? Uh, no, I think in, in a in a in a kind of way that you're wanting to get out of that rut. Like yeah, that routine cycle. and monotony sometimes get intertwined, and and I'm at a point where I'm like, all right, I've got to get up. I'm going to make my family the, a different version of the same eggs and toast, you know. Like, <laughs> but it's basically I'm getting up and doing that same thing every day, and uh, I'm okay with that. I've kind of it's come the name to, of the game. It's like yeah. modern life. That's what it is. Yeah, so yeah. Do it okay. Again, do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. This is almost there. We're almost at. How is this going? I, I always this check is in fun. towards this the is, end. Uh, I'm, I'm learning things, but I, I also don't want to. Uh, you don't want to spoil it every, for everyone. I don't everyone. want to bore your listeners either. No, no, no. This is not boring. Well, I can't speak for everyone. <laughs> It'll Certainly. be boring to a bunch of people, but very exciting to you. And Mets fans, I would think, might be curious. I hope. I don't know. We'll find out. Anyway, I don't want to worry about metrics at this point, guys. I just right. want to do the job. And uh, Fair enough. Metrics. <laughs> <laughs> The next song is uh, Dig a Hole. I'm just jumping in. Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, about a relationship that is is being stretched thin and is where both sides can't see how it's negatively affecting them. It's sort of like a fictional relationship story. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and it's, it's sort of that thing where you can get blinders on. Uh, I know I've gone through it in my early life where you 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 are sort of I guess you know head over heels or something but you can't see that it's actually a bad thing in your life it's a bad influence in your life and that's what that song is about so uh, I've made a note here for some reason blind desire why did I say that I don't remember now yeah well actually you're good you're good <laughs> I mean that's what the, totally okay because the refrain or the, the recurring phrase here is draw it out yeah what is that alluding to extending something that shouldn't be extended. Hmm. Okay. Is there any aspect of that that plays into your role in, in terms of the band's approach to life or to working? Like this notion of being conscious of not... Because I, I, there, there, this, this record marks some change for the band. You have a new relationship with a Canadian label, I believe, yeah. right? Royal Mountain? Yeah. And what spurred that on? Uh, trying to get our records on the shelf for a reasonable price. Oh, they were too expensive in uh, Canada. It seemed like when we put two out, it was on the shelves for like $32 everywhere. And I walked totally into Sonic insane. Boom, and I had a heart attack. It was like twenty six ninety nine Because of the import price. Yeah. Uh, and so it was really like, want... wow, that sucks, mm-hmm. you know? You want like, you know, when music's essentially free and someone's buying something, it's like 
for a lot of people, an LP is like a vanity thing. Yeah. Um, I still listen to records. Alex, like <clears throat> Alex and Hayden still listen to records. But yeah, the idea was to to have things manufactured here and be able to sell them for you know fifteen or sixteen dollars. Oh, I see. Okay. Rather than twenty seven, twenty eight dollars. Yeah, I, the perception is probably I, I, even myself having been involved in the music scene for so long. Uh, my first thought was like, oh, when I first got the presses, I'm like, oh, are they off Sub Pop? Like, that was my first thought. Yeah, we got that like, question from a few people. Yeah, yeah, and that's all, but it's not that. It's just no. a territorial thing. Yeah, we just pulled Canada because it was just it was just crazy expensive. Like, like paying import prices for a local band, that's stupid. Yes, okay. That's smart of you to, and was there any particular reason you went with Royal Mountain as an imprint? Uh, we kind of wanted someone who knew what they were doing. Uh, but wasn't like a massive label, you know. We mm. weren't dealing with the, you know, the the big indies here. Yeah, you know? yeah. So we picked a small one, and they seem to be kind of getting sort of big now. So <laughs> yeah, they are pretty yeah. big. Now, this label is run by whom exactly? Uh, uh, Bix. Uh, he would Adam uh, Adam Ber- Berger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, some guys from this band called Colorado. Right. Okay. But it's you know it seemed like kind of a bit of like a little family they had over there and. Seemed like a nice thing to get involved. It was in. a nice little thing until Mac DeMarco signed up. <laughs> now it's like, oh, he's on, he's on Royal Mountain now too. He oh, is, wow, yeah. that's interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah, they're going and tons. I like tons. Oh yeah, yeah. that record's great. That record. Those awesome. are three of the Canada's greatest. Always records yeah. good too. Mm-hmm. Is always like, on Royal Mountain. Always is on Royal Mountain. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, great band. Pop are on Royal Mountain. Yes, great bunch of guys. Good band. I thought always were on like a bigger thing. They're on polyvinyl as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, good. So this is, I didn't mean to make this a boring business talk, but I i just wondered if it had something to do with this notion of, there's just a lot of change. When I yeah. I saw this phrase draw it out, it just felt like a lot was changing <laughs> uh, at the same time, and that this record reflects a lot of change. It seems like it's like, oh, I, I, I think that's f- totally fact. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And every, in a lot of ways, it's it's a new thing. And but that's the, really the point. Yeah. I think if you're not doing that, you got to question what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. Okay. And as long as you're okay with it. Yeah. With what? Change. I love it. I think you're always supposed to feel like you're progressing. You know, becoming a better band, becoming a, you know, challenging yourself a little bit, doing different things. Yeah. Uh, that signing to that label was more like trying to be nice to people who actually want to own your music. Well, I do think that uh, part of being a control freak can be uh, one of the attributes you might have is being resistant to change. Yeah, sure. You kind of want things to stay the same. I want my iPhone to just be the iPhone it was. That was a bad example, but you know what I mean? Everyone's just, I feel like there's also change for the sake of change. Yeah, well, you know, certain things, um, we want to be in control, so we don't want that to change, but then when it comes to, you know, kind of music we're making and it, you just won't get the same um, enjoyment out of it if yeah. it stays the same so right. it's all you know don't change everything all at once <laughs> yeah. don't go crazy it has here. to be organic yeah it has, there has That's to be we do a it in reason Guelph. Yeah. We, we have organic change in Guelph <laughs> hippie town okay we're on to the final song I believe it is called Raw Materials
this has a, uh, to me, this is a, one of the most fascinating Mets songs because it has kind of two parts. When you were talking about Escalator Teeth and the fact that you kind of cut it off and there's more to come, but we haven't heard it, this song also feels like it has a distinctly different second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wanted to try to embrace something like that where if it felt a little bit out of character in terms of song structure-wise or just playability and... There, I mean, like we've been discussing this whole time, there are no rules. So we uh, we didn't want to... We never wanted to stunt anything before we gave it a, a chance. You know what I mean? So we just... The more we played it, the more it sort of evolved into this this uh, little bit more drawn-out thing, but it still maintained, maintained this level of excitement throughout. So we just... We didn't... I don't know if we... I don't know if we went back and forth on whether it would actually make the record, but we never... Abandon the, the the idea of that song, you know, being like a big A and a big B. Part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, we we did attack it sort of as two songs. Yeah, yeah it does yeah. feel like two wholly different. I mean, at one point it feels like the song has ended, mm-hmm. and then there's a thing that I again I don't mean to uh, I mentioned I invoked Fugazi earlier, and now I'm going to mention another band I wrote here has a pretty sonic youthy second part. Okay. Probably not occurred to you before. This is just the, my own. My this any comparison is where the person's coming from, right? Mm-hmm. So I have this in my in my mind. I have all of Sonic Youth's discography in my mind. So when someone does something, and I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's ding, ding, ding. So most yeah. records, you're just sort of most records with guitars. You're like, that's very Sonic Youth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this sounds like the, I, I, I know yeah. it's the Naked mean. City. Well, that's, like, a, that's how everyone that's how everyone listens to music. It's all about in a reference weird way. points. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just an inherently nostalgic exercise somehow. Exactly. Where you're just like, what does this remind me of? The feeling of yeah, almost uh, no. But there is a definite uh, departure, and this is just part of rather a, a definite uh, A and a B part. This is just part of this exploration for you of trying different things. Yep, and and not, yeah, not saying no to it just because it might be an insane thought at first. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, I think it was actually. We rarely do this, but I think it was like a discussion. Like, it would be great to do something that was, you know, a real big left turn or something. You yeah, know, just like a, a really. Um, it's like something Sonic Youth would do. Switch, yeah. <laughs> Is it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just trying to keep my thesis alive here. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, there's a uh, the re- recurring line here that struck me. It's so quiet in your still life. What is that about? You seem. It was uh, like throughout, looking at. Go yeah. on. Well, I just want to say, it does seem like throughout this record, there's it is an upbeat and positive record, but it does seem to be a record where you're searching for calm. Uh, calming yourself down, uh, c- trying to keep life calm. You're talking about those moments between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. where Toronto itself is calm. Mm-hmm. And you seem to be in this therapeutic uh, uh, exercise looking for calm a lot. The album's called Strange Peace. I know. 
And that's what calm is. It's the calm before the storm. Yeah. So if we, I've, there's so many cliches that just came up in the last 30 seconds. I mean, I love the way you're taking all this. I think it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm learning right now. Well, I'm just curious about that in your relationship to calm. It seems like I something you're seeking. I think must, that must be true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This session is done. I think uh, I'll just re-upholster uh, the couch because there's been a lot of sweat there in your session. And I, no, no. Uh, no, it, uh, <laughs> it, I think it's there. I, yeah, that's my it's reading. It's there of it. if that's how you read it. I mean, again, this is, I have the rare luxury to talk to you in person about uh, your stuff. And I think, um, People listening will draw their own conclusions, but that's what I hear a lot of, of just letting go and trying to embrace the fact that you have to go with the flow, so to speak. Yeah, just uh, trying to be better. Be better, but also I think when you go with the flow, there's there's some assertion there too. You're having there's to a make certain a certain amount of just um, um, accepting your fate. There, yes, but I think you can control the fact that you are doing that. <laughs> you can yes. actually say, "I need, yeah, I need to make a conscious effort to let go of things." Mm-hmm. I have to control the fact that I'm not controlling everything. And it all the may time. or may not have an, any effect. Right. Yeah. What about this notion of raw materials, though? Why does this all this song fall under that umbrella for you? I don't believe um, you invoke that phrase here. No, that title actually, I just stole that from another song. Uh, of yours? <laughs> yeah, of ours. Oh, that okay. didn't make the record. Didn't make the record. Oh, just I like see. the title. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I mean, the still life idea is about looking at an actual painting and just sort of longing to be in that place as yes, opposed you've... to where you are. And so, I mean, maybe it was a bowl of fruit or something, you know? <laughs> I picture it being be a, in that bowl of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I be there? <laughs> yeah, fruit looks good. Rotted so, fruit. Wanting to be elsewhere, but also accepting where you are. That's a lot of what I hear. Never stop. Never stop trying to get there. Yeah. Okay. That's where? fair. <laughs> what is coming up? Uh, so we did it. We went through the record. What? Uh, obviously, the the regular uh, cycle of things is you'll go tour like Mad Men, like you always do. Is that the case? <laughs> We're a little calmer Slowing about down. It these days. Yeah, uh, we down. try and do it. There's that word again. Calmer. Shh. Okay, fine. No, Just no. Cut that shit. All right. <laughs> we're uh, we're trying to do it in a healthier way, where we can be home a little bit. So you know, we've created rules for ourselves on how long we can go at a time, but it still seems to just you know, starting Monday we leave and we're on and off tour until right before Christmas. And so it's still like it's still a heavy tour cycle, but you know, there's breaks. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. That's great. And and uh, you mentioned this excess material. Yeah, and so we're making plans on what to do with that. Yeah, it, it'll dribble out. Got some great ideas for it, though. Talking you, to an incredible band from D.C. that we might do a split with. No, I'm just <laughs> What? No. What's happening? It's funny because it's not actually the band you would think of. I don't <laughs> even... What? I, uh, what is happening? What, what, are you thinking of doing some split? You do split records. You have done split singles before. Yeah. Sorry, I just got excited. I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, you I'm don't just, either. Yeah, I'm just, uh, okay. I'm just messing around. But you might. Th- yeah, Fugazi have gotten back together, and they're going to put out a split record with us. <laughs> Talk about that guitar solo. Maybe yeah. you guys can, uh, they'll, yeah, just as a trade. No, I actually think that some of this time off will actually help with, you know, Maybe getting material together for another record, right? You know, yeah. You finish one, you start thinking about the next one already. Mm-hmm. I would think, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. The masters are done. What's next? Yeah. Okay. Well, I. Oh, and where can people learn more about Mets on the computers? 
Oh, they can visit uh, our website, www.metzzetem.com. Mets backwards? That's yeah. right. Okay, right, .com. Okay, and people can learn more about your tour dates and everything. There are records there. out on Sub Pop, Royal Mountain Records. Is there one single song we can all agree to go out on right now? Something I can play. What would you pick? Oh, gee. I'm gonna let you you choose. Man. No, no, don't yeah. do that to me. I don't yeah. want to do that. I yeah. don't want to do that. Yeah. Why should we do that's that? Not, You're gonna do that to me? Too. All right, fine. Why don't we go with uh, what's the one that's 20 seconds long? The weirdest one. I still think we didn't really talk about the musical arrangement. Sync. Mm. What did happen on Sync exactly? Like I understand we talked a lot about the kind of social media stuff, but we didn't really talk about the soundscape. How would you describe? Because we were. I think at that point we were talking about how this the record's quite dynamic. It was based around a drum loop. Right? Like there was a, a guitar part and a drum loop, and then it sort of pulled itself together, but it was a demo. The, it was, it was ba- yeah, there was a full song um, that I did with a drum machine, and then Hayden and I were jamming on this other thing that was the drum loop that you're talking about. And then we tried, we, <laughs> the idea was we, maybe that will work together. So this song that I had smashed together with this drum loop, and it, we liked how it came together, and it was. Um, yeah, so that's you know, okay. a kind of a rare way for us to write. But It existed for so long, too. There's mm-hmm. like two different versions of, of what that actually became. Kind of existed for like six months oh. yeah, before mm-hmm. it actually went. That oh, one okay. and Mr. Plague were around for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Is it okay? Can I go out with Sync? I want to I wanna play. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Get everybody seasick. <laughs> this is Sync by Mets. Uh, Alex, Chris, Hayden, thank you so much for being back on this show. And best of luck with everything in the future. Thank, thank you. you.
That was the 351st episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Antica Podcast Network and is available on iTunes, Audioboom, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Overcast, among many, many other podcast platforms. If you can't find an episode you're looking for, or if you wish to learn more about me, please visit vishkana.com, and you will find pretty much everything you're looking for, I would think, on my website. You can like Creative Control on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Vish Creative or follow me at Vish Kana. You can listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit Patreon.com slash Creative Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going. And for your efforts, I will try to send you some kind of gift. Just send me a message. I have t-shirts. Maybe I have some books or leftover food. Something. I can send you something. Just send me a note. This episode would not be possible without our sponsors, Pizza Trocadero, whom you can call for pickup or delivery at 519-829-2444 in Guelph. Or check them out on their website, trocaderoguelph.ca. The Bookshelf, an independently owned bookstore, bar, music venue, and movie theater located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Bookshelf.ca for more information. Planet Bean, freshly roasted, fair trade certified organic coffee. Planetbeancoffee.com for more info about them. Granddad's Donuts, located at 574 James Street North in Hamilton, Ontario. Amazing Donuts, visit granddads.ca for more info. And to have a whole meal's worth of ingredients delivered right to your Canadian home, Visit HelloFresh.ca and use the promo code CREATIVE50 for 50% off your first order. Thank you very much for listening to the show and uh, continue to do so if you can. And please, uh, if you haven't and want to, give us a nice review on iTunes and ratings on all the other uh, podcast platforms. It would be appreciated. So that's all I have to say. More of these to come. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.